and welcome back to the Disney World Today podcast. I am your ghost host for the day, Kevin Pope. Hope everyone's having a magical day, a magical week. Hope everything's going good with you guys. Back with another episode here, ready to go. If you're a returning listener, you guys are the best. Thank you for coming back, checking out the show. If you're a new listener, welcome. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I think this is like technically episode 91. I know I have a few episodes that are just kind of like bonus, like music, like park music. Uh, So we're creeping up on 100 episodes. So if you are a new listener and you want to go all the way back and start from the beginning, uh, you have about 90 episodes uh, to get you through your day to provide a little magic um, to everyone listening. I got to plug everything here, social media, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. You can follow me, Disney World Today. It's all one word. My DMs on Instagram are always open if you want to stop by and say hi. Let me know what you think of the show. If you have ideas, topic suggestions, rankings, lists, anything like that, feel free to let me know. You guys know uh, if you do send me a topic idea, you know, we do it. I stick to it. I uh, usually crank it out pretty quick. I give you guys, um, you know, I, I, I just appreciate like you guys reaching out. So if you do have an idea for the show, uh, more than likely, you know, that'll be like the very next episode that I do because I want you guys to feel included and if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Leave me a rating and a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, if you write me a, a review, I'll give you a shout-out on the very next episode. Last week, we talked about probably the best day of your vacation. That's day one of your Disney vacation, the first day of your trip. Uh, we talked all about like what you like to do. Do you have any traditions? Is there something you always have to do first? Um, or you just kind of wing it? Um, you know, Pretty much in the episode two, like... I've been to Disney a lot. I'm sure you guys have as well. And traveling from Chicago to, you know, to Disney, that first day on Disney property, you know, we've kind of done like every combination um, that there is. You know, a lot of people, you know, maybe on your first day you fly in, maybe you want to relax that, like that travel day, you know, maybe walk around uh, the resort, just hang out at the pool, eat at the food court, you know, and then go into the parks on your next full day. Or the travel day, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've done this myself, you know, fly in, get the rental car, go to the, go to the resort, you know, maybe grab a quick lunch in the food court. And then we're going into the Magic Kingdom or Epcot or, you know, whatever's open the latest, you know, and getting some Disney parks in as soon as possible. Um, and it, it was interesting to hear, you know, I asked you guys on Instagram, like, what do you like to do on your first day at Disney? And it, it, it was interesting to hear. You know, a lot of people have certain traditions and what they like to do. And, I, and it was exactly what I thought. You know, I've done both where you, you know, you travel, you get in, maybe you relax a little bit. Maybe you go to Disney Springs at night, you know, get back to the resort, maybe hang out at the pool and then kind of, you know, go to bed and get ready for your next full first day at Disney. Or, you know, I've done it the other way too, where we get in, grab a quick snack, maybe change out of our travel clothes and we're going into the Magic Kingdom until, you know, midnight, 2 a.m., you know, however late it's open. So it was fun to hear you guys um, give some of your traditions and what you like to do as well. This week on the podcast, we're talking about Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, I did an episode on Animal Kingdom about a year ago, almost exactly, um, because Animal Kingdom opened on Earth Day. And Earth Day, I believe, is um, this Saturday. I think that's the 22nd. Uh, so I figured, you know, probably around this time every year, I'm going to dedicate an episode and just kind of talk about Animal Kingdom. We'll just kind of talk about the brief history of Animal Kingdom, you know, and we'll just kind of go over what it has to offer. You know what? Animal Kingdom, to me, it's like 
you know, in, in sports, I, you guys know me, I always compare stuff to sports. Uh, in sports, like they have major awards every year, you know, MVP, defensive player, you know, pitching, you have like a Cy Young in baseball. And in most sports, they have most improved player. And if I was giving like a most improved player award in regards to Disney, it would go to Animal Kingdom because for a lot of my life, Animal Kingdom was my least favorite park. It was a half day park. We would go there on our first day, do everything there and not go back to it. And now that I'm older and, it, you know, the years have kind of gone on and they've expanded and, you know, brought in some new stuff. I love Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom is awesome. I love Animal Kingdom. So, you know, it, it's really changed in my eyes, changed for the better, um, especially in regards to some of the other changes throughout Walt Disney World. I think they've done a really good job. So we're going to cover all of that. Disney's Animal Kingdom. Let's get into it. Here we go. Your attention, please. The Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. First came the Magic Kingdom, then Epcot, then Disney MGM Studios, and now... Introducing the most adventurous Walt Disney World theme park ever. Disney's Animal Kingdom. The imagination of Disney. Gone wild. So you just heard a commercial from 1998 for Disney's Animal Kingdom. And how awesome uh, was that to hear the nostalgia. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, TikTok, I, uh, I've posted that exact commercial on my page a few times. It's, it's so cool and fun to see and to watch. Um, you know, in Animal Kingdom, obviously we're gonna be talking um, everything about it today uh, because Earth Day was the, uh, you know, when the park opened all the way back April 22nd, 1998. And that commercial, I don't know if it was the exact one that I saw, but I've told this story before, but when I was a kid, uh, there was a night we all went to grandma's house. Everyone was there. Uh, my aunt brought over, um, I think it was like the vacation club VHS tape or, you know, vacation planning tape, uh, over to grandma's and we all sat around and we watched it. And at the end of the vacation planning tape, uh, they kind of teased that there was this big announcement and the big announcement was the new park animal kingdom. So as like a seven or eight year old, like that's how I found out about Disney's fourth, uh, theme park. Like what a way to find out something you know, that will never happen again. Like we didn't know it was coming. We didn't know there was a fourth park being built. You know, maybe my parents did, but as a kid, you know, we were there the year before. I don't remember seeing signs or, you know, talking about it like, oh, you know, next year we're gonna be going to this new park. I don't remember any of that. I just remember watching that video and finding out that they're gonna be building a fourth park. It was gonna be animal themed. You know, if you watch the commercial, it's on YouTube or, you know, it's on my page somewhere. Maybe I'll, I'll, uh, I'll post it again. Uh, when this podcast drops, if you watch it, you don't know what to expect because there's, you know, there's regular animals, there's the Lion King song, then you got dinosaurs and dragons. So we really had no idea what this was going to be. And I think our first reaction and a lot of people's first reactions was, oh, it's, you know, it's a zoo. It's like a zoo, which prompted Disney to, to um, you know, do one of their marketing campaigns. One of the, 
you know, probably most successful ones, most popular ones was the whole, it's not the zoo phrase and, uh, you know, advertising and stuff to kind of tell people, Hey, this isn't a zoo. This isn't, you know, Brookfield zoo. This isn't, you know, your normal, you know, bush gardens. Like this is something special. This is something, you know, unique to Disney. You know, I know I was only a kid when this, uh, when this park opened 1998, I turned eight years old that summer, but this had to be a huge deal. You know, even back then, you know, it's a little different, you know, a fourth theme park then is a lot different than a fifth theme park would be now in that you had, you know, Disney World open with the Magic Kingdom in in the 70s, early 70s. You have Epcot opening in the early 80s. You have MGM Studios opening in the late 80s. You know, so they're kind of used to like, hey, we're, we're opening up a new park every 10 years. So when Animal Kingdom opens in 1998, yeah, it's a huge deal. But I don't think it would compare to like something like today where, you know, this is the last, you know, this is the newest park still, you know, 1998, which is what, 24 years old now? Going on 25 years. And again, another example of why the Disney decade of the 90s was so great, because not only do you have all these new hotels and water parks and attractions, but hey, here's a brand new theme park as well. The fact that this park is 25 years old already, like, blows my mind because if you think about it, 25 years, that's like going to the Magic Kingdom in 1996 and comparing it to what, you know, opening day 1971. Like, think about how much have, you know, has changed and how the park has changed and how society has changed. Like, 25 years, that's a long time. You know, but to me at least, it doesn't feel that old. It still feels like the newest park and, like, that's probably the reason why I probably, you know, it seems like it's not that old to me. It's like, I was there when it opened. I wasn't there, you know, for opening day of, you know, the other three parks, but I was eight years old. I was a kid when Animal Kingdom opened. Um, it's kind of like having like a younger sibling, you know, it's like, they're always like your younger sibling. They're, you, they always seem like so young to you. And it's like, whoa, you know, what are you doing driving? You're not old enough to drive. And my sister's like, Kevin, I'm, I'm 29 years old. It's like, whoa, what? That's kind of how it is with Animal Kingdom. But just like the other three parks, it's definitely gone through some changes, especially recently. Um, you know, it happens to all the parks. It happens to Disney in general. It's, you know, changes are inevitable. And, you know, Animal Kingdom com- compared to, you know, maybe like Hollywood Studios, I feel like has changed for the better. Um, yeah, so we'll kind of go over all of that, you know, a little bit about the history and opening day and what it was like back then to kind of just kind of going over what it's like now. April 22nd, 1998, that's when Animal Kingdom opened Earth Day, and it's fitting, you know, Animal Kingdom is a park pretty much dedicated to not just animals, uh, but conservation, the environment, the land, you know, all of that, and it kind of just fits with, with Earth Day, and, you know, they've really done a lot with conservation, and, you know, Animal Kingdom, they said it, uh, they started the planning a fourth park in 1989, like right after Hollywood Studios or at the time MGM Studios opened. Um, that kind of sounds like Michael Eisner just, you know, he was on a roll. He wanted to keep making moves. You know, he had just opened MGM Studios and I think he just wanted to, you know, do a fourth park with, you know, not necessarily any idea or kind of direction, but I think he wanted a fourth park, you know, on his legacy as well. And the construction began you know, in 95, 96 is when things kind of started going. And, uh, you know, it cost, I want to say, I thought I read it like between like 500 and $600 million. You know, uh, so I can only imagine um, how much it would cost to build a theme park now, probably double, you know, if not a little more. 
But if you know a little bit about the Disney company and Imagineers, you probably know the Imagineer Joe Rohde. Um, this was pretty much his, you know, his child, his baby. You know, he uh, was an Imagineer. He helped with a lot of things around the park with, you know, Pleasure Island. And, you know, Animal Kingdom was like his project. And he takes a lot of pride in that. And if you've seen any interviews with him or anything, you know, on YouTube or on TV about Animal Kingdom, you'll see Joe Rohde. He's, pre he's pretty hard to miss. He's a pretty... Uh, creative guy um, he's kind of known he's got like the big earrings in one of his ears and back in the day there was this really good modern marvels it was modern marvels on walt disney world and they spent a lot of time on animal kingdom and the building of it and the planning and how they did everything and it's really it's a really good watch i would recommend you guys it's i'm pretty sure it's back on youtube now you can watch the entire episode uh, on youtube i used to have it on vhs back in the day you know, unfortunately for Joe Rohde, it didn't reach, you know, his full vision. You know, when Animal Kingdom finally opens, um, of what I can recall, it wasn't a finished product. You know, it was it was open. There was plenty to do, but they had plans to keep expanding it and kind of opening it opening it up in phases. And unfortunately, one of those phases never came to be because you know the current layout of layout of Animal Kingdom is is pretty much the same. You know, obviously they've added. Uh, Pandora in there but back when it opened yeah you still had you know Africa and Asia and Dinoland USA they had Camp Mini Mickey um, but there were plans for a section of the park called Beastly Kingdom and if you do go back and watch that commercial that I added the audio for you'll see a dragon in the commercial and in the original artwork and logos of the park you'll see a dragon you'll see like a um, you know, there are different animals, elephant, lion, dinosaur, and then a dragon. Well, if you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, yeah, they have animals, lions, and, you know, all these giraffes. You know, they have dinosaurs, dino land. Why is there a dragon? Well, this was going to be a section of the park that was kind of going to be like that fantasy section with dragons and other kind of, you know, mythical creatures. And I believe there was going to be a really cool um, roller coaster that kind of took place in like a volcano. And I, I, I truly believe that that... You know, that got scrapped. That didn't happen. You know, they, they think, you know, the budget was a little much. They kind of ran out of time, ran out of money. Uh, and later on, you know, a few years later when Expedition Everest opens, I think that was, you know, the Imagineers trying to get their, you know, they couldn't get that exact coaster in, you know, with the dragons and volcanoes and stuff like that. But uh, Expedition Everest, uh, pretty close to it. Obviously, the centerpiece of Animal Kingdom the iconic tree of life and what a marvel you know that is the, the it looks like a real tree you know i was a kid i thought it was a real tree you know and again if you watch this modern marvels um documentary on youtube you'll see that they built it out of like an old oil rig which i always thought was pretty pretty cool and unique the way that they thought to use that but the tree of life huge you, know, you can't miss it it's the centerpiece you know it's it sticks out you know Magic Kingdom has Cinderella's Castle. Epcot has Spaceship Earth. Hollywood Studios has, you know, um, who knows? But the Tree of Life, uh, so iconic. It fits perfectly within the park. You know, the fact that they build an attraction inside of it, you know, now they kind of use it for, you can, like, like a show projection. Just, I, I love the Tree of Life and what it represents. You know, there's wood carvings of animals and stuff on it as well in the bark. I still vividly remember our first trip to Animal Kingdom in 1998. Uh, we went to Disney that summer, of course, that July, the whole family, all nine of us. And I swear, and we all felt the same way. It was 
the hottest we have ever been at Walt Disney World. Like it was so hot there. Um, I think, you know, obviously it's July, you know, and in Orlando it's hot and humid anyway, but I want to say it was like 95 degrees that day and just walking around Animal Kingdom, you know, it had just opened. There's a, it's a big park. There's a lot of pavement. There's a lot of concrete, you know, the heat's just kind of bouncing off the pavement. Um, I think maybe there were still, you know, trees and, and bushes and stuff that, you know, were still growing and maybe, you know, didn't provide a lot of shade at first. I just remember all of us like talking about like how hot it was. I could still kind of picture us walking in, you know, the first time there's kind of like those two like paths that take you to the main bridge uh, before you see the tree of life. I just remember feeling the heat and the smell of like the, the plants and all like the, the trees and stuff around us. And you know, back then, you know, opening day when, when Animal Kingdom first opened, um, you know, I don't think we still kind of knew what to expect when we were there. Um, it kind of seemed like there was a lot of stuff that we weren't that interested in. Like it had, you know, it had uh, the safari, it had It's Tough to Be a Bug, it had um, in Dino Land, it wasn't called Dinosaur, it was called Countdown to Extinction. It was the same ride essentially. Um, but it was called Countdown to Extinction. Now, this was before the dinosaur movie even came out. So that's why it wasn't themed after a movie. And I swear it was like more intense. I, my mom, you know, says the same thing. Like it, it seems like back then, like maybe it was a little faster and a little rougher. Um, and then when, you know, when they rethemed it to dinosaur, they added, you know, the little kind of hints to the movie. And I feel like it was a little tamer. I feel like they turned it down a little bit, if that's possible. And I loved Countdown to Extinction. Um, the merchandise I thought was really cool. The logo, you know, the, the dinosaur that they used was that, I don't know, is it a car? I don't even, I'm not even going to pretend to say it. it's not a T-Rex, but that other one. Um, I know it's a scary looking dinosaur. Uh, he was like the focal point of, you know, the ride and stuff. And I, that one I always thought was cool, even though it scared the crap out of me uh, as a kid. Um, and Dinoland USA back then, you know, even though they just had um, Countdown to Extinction, they didn't have, you know, um, Chester and Hester's Dino-Rama yet uh, when it first opened. I just thought the area was cool. There was the giant boneyard, like, playground, which I remember going on briefly, but again, it was like 95 degrees. Like, we were dying, you know, just kind of running around that little playground area. And, um, you know, Exhibition Everest wasn't there yet, but over there, you know, they had Kali River Rapids, you know, which we did. And again, we loved it, you know, because it's a water ride, you get wet. You know, now looking at it, you know, it's maybe not as fun. But back then, um, you know, we used to ride it. We thought it was so cool because uh, there's like that one scene before the drop where there's like burning wood and stuff. And you're outside. It's hot. You can still see that fire. You can feel it. And then you kind of go down like that drop area. And back then, too, I feel like, again, I feel like you got soaked. Like you could still get really wet. But I feel like they turned that down, you know, kind of, you know, kind of similar to countdown to extinction i feel like it's not as you know not as likely that you get soaked um but Kali river rapids is always a family favorite of ours especially back then like you know we would put all of our stuff in my mom like my mom would bring like plastic baggies and we would put all of our stuff in the plastic baggies before you know putting it in that center like waterproof console area because back then too your park passes were paper so here we are on a water ride with paper park passes there still was that theater over there where the Finding Nemo kind of musical uh, is at. But before that, I believe that's where it was called Tarzan Rocks. 
It was a live show based on the movie Tarzan. And, you know, we saw it. And I just remember, like, a bunch of, like, cast members, like, on rollerblades, like, doing flips and cool stunts on rollerblades. And I thought that was a cool show. You know, Tarzan uh, was a great movie. The soundtrack was fire. You know, it was... It fits perfectly into the park. And to be honest, I'm not sure why, you know, there isn't any more Tarzan stuff in that park now. You know, a Tarzan attraction, a Tarzan show. Uh, And it was a really fun show. And it was there for a while before, you know, being replaced by Finding Nemo. It's Tough to Be a Bug was there. Like I said, you know, we thought it was cool in itself. Just the fact that, you know, the the attraction is inside the Tree of Life. You know, inside the big base there. You kind of get to walk around that area before finally seeing the show and it's a fun 3d show and we saw it my you know on my last trip it's a fun 3d show that still holds up i think you know they kind of work in like the animatronics with flick and and hopper but i have to say anyone who went on this as a kid you know even now but anyone that went on this attraction and saw this show as a kid will never never forget the bee stings will never forget it that that traumatized me for for years, when we would go on It's Tough to Be a Bug, I would scoot forward in my seat because I was terrified of being stung by a bee. Like, that that had a lasting impact on me. Even now, I'm still, like, a little, like, oh, this is a little uncomfortable. But back then, the first time it happened, we were freaking out. Freaking out. You know, it doesn't help that when I was, like, 10 years old, uh, my dad was, we were, you know, we were home in Chicago. My dad was trimming the, the bushes out front. And he stepped on a beehive and ended up getting like 70 or 80 bee stings. And, you know, probably lucky to be alive. Then we go to Disney and I'm getting stung by bees in a 3D show. Like, no, that that was not for me. And I'd have to say probably early Animal Kingdom, opening day Animal Kingdom. I think the big draw was Kilimanjaro Safari. That was the one. Like, that's that's what you went to the park to do and to see. And it's, you know, obviously it's still there now, but it is a little different. You know, back then, the, the ride had a, had a storyline to it. You know, the, the ride, exact same kind of ride. Obviously, you go through the same kind of trail. But back then, you were helping the driver and, like, the host catch poachers. And it was, you know, as an 8, 9, 10-year-old, it was scary. It was believable. It felt real. You would chase and try to track down these poachers that were after, um, you know, the the elephant, and it was intense. It definitely was. Like at the end, you would see like poachers with guns, and you would see their jeep, and you would go over a, like a rickety old drawbridge. Like it was very intense. Like I was scared. I was scared we were gonna get stuck, you know, on the bridge over the alligators. I was scared, you know, that we were tracking like real poachers that somehow snuck onto Disney property and are going after these animals. Anyone who didn't ride it, I would, um, I would suggest looking it up either, you know, just Google it, YouTube, but it, the storyline was very intense. And my family and I, we still quote it too, um, because the one, the, the host, I forget his name, would kind of refer to your Jeep as Simba One, uh, and he would kind of tell you how there are poachers out there and you got to find them, but crazy to think that that was a real thing at animal kingdom early on you know and and also too seeing that you know for the first time you're seeing these animals up close it was it was awesome like you you can go to the zoo and you can see animals from kind of far away from behind glass but let's be honest it's not the same like being that up close to these types of animals it, it really does like blow your mind just give you a different perspective 
Um, I remember the the first time it was like that wow moment for me. I, you know, we're on the safari, and a lot of times you can, you can see giraffes and be up close to them. But I have seen I you know seen that before you know at our local zoo. But one of the times we were stopped because there was a rhino so close to our jeep that that was that wow moment for me. Like out, seeing that animal that up close, I'll never be able to see an animal close up like that ever again. You know, like when else am I going to be that close to a rhino? Like that'll never uh, happen again. I'll never be able to experience that anywhere else. So that was definitely the big draw for us. You know, the rest of Animal Kingdom in the early days, the, uh, you know, you had like the Jungle Trek, Rafiki's Planet Watch, Discovery Island, the rest of that stuff, you know, we didn't really do that often and really didn't take advantage of. So that's kind of part of the reason why for us, for a lot of my earlier years going to Disney with my family, like Animal Kingdom was a half day park for us. We would go there on our first day, you know, do all the rides, do all the attractions that we wanted to do. We'd be out of there by like, you know, one, two o'clock, and then we wouldn't go back for the rest of our trip. We would just hit it once that first day. Um, and I didn't think things started to change until like the mid 2000s when they added Expedition Everest and Chester and Hester's Dino-Rama. I remember them building Expedition Everest. I remember it feeling like it took forever because when you rode Kali River Rapids, you got a perfect view of the mountain and the construction and like what they're actually building. I feel like just riding that, I remember like talking to my dad about like how it's taking so long, but when it finally opened, wow, that was a game changer, especially for Animal Kingdom because that's a legit thrill ride coaster. And I remember when it first opened, my aunt went down um, with her kids, I want to say like uh, in May, makes so like maybe a, a couple months earlier than us. And they get back and we're talking to them about their trip. And my aunt's telling us about Expedition Everest and she's kind of warning us like, you go backwards. And you know, my dad who gets, you know, really easily motion sick, he's like, whoa, 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 backwards. Like he can't sit backwards on the monorail. She's like, yeah, you know, it's a fun ride. It's like Thunder Mountain. Uh, but there's a part that you go backwards that's kind of weird. Like, okay, like we don't really know. You know, what to expect we've never been on a ride like that where you go backwards that quick but wow the first time we went on it all four of us went on um and after that day only me and my mom would ever ride it again my dad and my sister were like yeah nope not for us because it's such a fun ride um but I, I have to agree like that part where you go backwards on exhibition everest I, I tell people i've probably said it on here before like if it was like a few seconds longer I don't know if I could ride it because that that part alone gets me a little sick, gets me a little nauseous. You know, it's that feeling, of, you know, you're going backwards pretty fast in the dark and then it's like you're on like a slight like embankment, which kind of just messes with your head and your equilibrium. The first time we went on it, I had no idea what was going on. I think I, I was probably close to crying. I was like, whoa, this feels weird on my head. But the rest of the ride is, you know, great. Um, that especially like first timers when you get to the part where the track's broken and you realize like you're like whoa you're so high up you get a great view of the rest of walt disney world you can see like tower of terror and the swan and dolphin way in the background and you're looking and the the track's all broken the yeti destroyed the the track you're like whoa how how are we getting out of here and you realize you're starting to go backwards a little bit then you start going backwards in the dark pretty fast you know you see the Yeti in the early years, you actually were able to see the Yeti move and lunge at you, which was a big deal. Uh, you know, especially now that it's broken, I don't know if it will ever be fixed. So, 
you know, for us to be able to experience that, I feel like was pretty cool in itself. And then, you know, you got the, the drop at the end, they take your picture and just everything about that ride. You know, I, I've talked about it. The theming is amazing. I think it's probably the last of the original idea, you know, themed coasters. Like it's not based off of a movie or a character or a Disney show, anything like that. It's an original themed idea. It's about, you know, going on an expedition, you, you know, you're climbing Mount Everest, all the the myths of the, the famous Yeti, everything about it, the queue, standing in line, you know, you, we're going through the line for the first time and you get to that one part where they have like um, these display cases with like different photographs and artifacts. And I remember just looking through and be like, are, are these real? Like, are these like from real like expeditions and like artifacts and is this a real picture of like a Yeti? Like it, I thought it was real. And, uh, you know, Expedition, Expedition Everest is great. And, um, you know, recently when I did my March uh, Madness bracket, I think that shone through because it made it all the way to the final. So, so pretty cool ride all around um, and definitely started to change Animal Kingdom. You know, that and as I mentioned, Chester and Hester's Dino-Rama, which I feel like a lot of people were split on. You either loved it or you hated it. I never minded it. You know, I was probably 14, 15 years old when that little section of the park opened you know it was a carnival themed they had uh primeval world the, the, the kind of mini coaster primeval world they had the triceratops spin all the little carnival games and shops i always enjoyed primeval world i always kind of i know a lot again a lot of people didn't like it i thought it was a fun little ride you know it was rough it was definitely rough but i thought it was a fun little ride you know little drops here and there you know like a it was almost like Goofy's Barnstormer with a little extra spinning to it. Um, I just remember going that one time with my mom and as we're like loading, like it's like starting to pour and we kind of just kind of look at each other like, uh Oh, so we get on the ride and we're just slowly moving out of like the loading area. And you just see that it's like raining sideways and we're, we're still like under the covered area. And we know the second that we leave this station, we're going to be absolutely soaked. And that's what happened. We, we leave the station. We rode the entire ride just within an absolute monsoon uh and i'll never forget that you know triceratops spin is just kind of a throw in there you know it's it is what it is you know dumbo type ride just to kind of you know for the younger kids and stuff we've ridden it a few times but it's one of those you know we can definitely skip and the rest of that carnival area again i was like 14 15 i thought it was really cool you know i always wanted to play some of those games and try to win some prizes as I got older, though, it's like, I'm, you know, I wasn't going to be playing any of those. But I, th I always thought it was cute. I thought it was cool. You know, I was in the right kind of demographic uh, when it opened. As we fast forward to present day Animal Kingdom, I have to say, I think what changed it, what changed it for the better and kind of changed it forever now, is Pandora. When they were announced that they were building Pandora, an Avatar-themed land at Animal Kingdom, I was not excited. I... I've seen Avatar. I didn't love it. I always thought it was, you know, somewhat overrated and overhyped. Like, I just never got the hype about it. So when it came out and they announced it, like, my first reaction is, how are they doing an entire land based off of Avatar? This, you know, this lone movie, it's not a Disney movie. You know, I didn't really understand it or get it. Um, but it wasn't, again, when it finally opens, my aunt 
uh, you know, went down a few months before us. When she comes back, she's like telling us all about it and how great it was and how beautiful it looked and all this stuff and the ride, how great the ride is. So now I'm like kind of looking at it like, well, okay, you know, maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised, you know, when we go and we check this out. So we go on our summer vacation to Disney. We go to Animal Kingdom and you're driving up in the parking lot. And at first you see that floating mountain. You're like, whoa, like, what is that? It's like, that looks so cool how they did that. You know, and you, you walk in for the first time. We went during the day for the first time. And we spent like a good amount of time just walking around that area, just kind of looking at all, you know, the, the theming and the imagineering that went in, like the waterfalls and the mountains and the different, you know, Pandora-themed plants and stuff. It was awesome. Oh, my God. I couldn't believe it that you know, this was, you know, this was Animal Kingdom now. You know, we went to the, the gift shop. We... You know, there was like a little show going on. We tried some food and some snacks. You know, in that time, that, that first day we went there, we couldn't get, you know, you couldn't get fast passes for Flight of Passage or the Navi River Journey. We weren't going to wait. You know, it was like a three-hour wait. So we definitely weren't doing that. So we spent that first day just kind of walking around the area. So when we finally came back to Pandora at night to try and ride Flight of Passage, it was like we were experiencing it for the first time again because it's one of those areas, one of those things at Disney where you kind of have to experience during the day and at night because it's like two different experiences. And seeing that at night, like I didn't know where I was. It was like I was transported to Pandora and that was like hats off to Disney with that. They did a great job. And, uh, you know, we were able to ride Flight of Passage finally. Um, we did like the old trick where Again, uh, this kind of shows you how Pandora has changed Animal Kingdom. Um, Animal Kingdom was like open until midnight, which is insane. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, pretty much my entire life, part of the reason why we would only go to Animal Kingdom one time for like half a day is, you know, it used to close so early. It used to close at like five, six o'clock, you know, if not earlier, you know, they always said because of the animals, like there was no nighttime safari or anything like that, you know, and then I feel like once Pandora opened, like that's the latest I've ever seen Animal Kingdom open. And now it seems like they do have, um, you know, some better hours. So that's, you know, that just kind of shows you how impactful that, that one land, you know, had on Animal Kingdom as a whole. You know, and we'll see where they go from here. Um, there's been some rumors uh, that Animal Kingdom is going to, you know, go over some makeovers here. There may be transformation. You know, they they tore down Primeval World, yet the Chester and Hester's Dino-Rama is still there, which is weird. Um, you know, there's been rumors of Dinosaur closing down. I really hope they don't do that. Like, I feel like if they want to kind of mess with it, you know, they tore down Primeval World, tear down the, the Dino-Rama area. You know, I, I think one of the rumors was maybe putting in some sort of Zootopia land uh, in there. I, I don't know. Um, we'll see how that goes in the future. I love Dinosaur. I hope they keep it. You know, even though it's not Countdown to Extinction, it's still, you know, one of my favorite attractions. I, you know, it's so unique and so much fun. Um, it's one of those attractions I, you know, I can, I can ride it. And again, it, it reminds me of, you know, going to Animal Kingdom when I was eight, nine, ten years old. 
But, you know, I do think they need to add maybe, like, a couple more things to Animal Kingdom. You know, it's it, they've done a good job with it. You know, you got rid of Primeval World. You, you know, that was... You know, whether you, you liked it or not, you know, it was like some sort of a thrilling ride that, you know, people, you know, would wait in line for. It kind of helped with the crowds and everything. And, you know, tr- the Triceratops spin is such a waste of an attraction. Like, put, you know, tear that, that down and put, like, a really good attraction in there um, so that people can, you know, go to Animal Kingdom and not just, you know, do Flight of Passage and Everest and, you know, the Safari and leave. You know, kind of help spread out the crowds. Animal Kingdom is probably the one park that I've eaten the least at. You know, I've never eaten at a sit-down restaurant uh, at Animal Kingdom. We just never did. You know, I, I told you guys, we'd go there for a half a day. We would eat eat breakfast before we went. I actually know that that's wrong. Okay, so there was a few years where we would eat before we went to Animal Kingdom so that we could kind of, you know, get in, get out. But there was also a few years stretch there where one of our favorite breakfast spots was at Animal Kingdom. It was Donald's restaurantosaurus it was a breakfast buffet at animal kingdom and we would get like the earliest reservation possible eat there and then do you know do all the rides there Uh, i'll never forget the first time we went on expedition everest my dad brings it up to this day he was so upset because we scheduled our breakfast buffet right before it so he's already nervous about going on it and he said like you know he can't enjoy his breakfast and can't eat you know the the five pounds of french toast that he normally does because he's worried about going backwards on this roller coaster and throwing up in front of, of everyone and you know the the restaurant thesaurus i i you know the last time i was there you know i i, I was so young um i don't specifically remember the food but i i do know that i liked it i do know that they made a mean glass of chocolate milk there um but yeah that was our go-to breakfast spot for a while and other than that we have not eaten at any sit-down places uh at animal kingdom i've always wanted to try flame tree barbecue um i I like barbecue and i would like to try that out but you know in regards to food i'm not the i'm not the biggest food expert there because we haven't eaten there that often but you know I, i have heard that flame tree is good my favorite kind of quick service spot is we used to get the um, the orange chicken and fried rice from Yak and Yeti. And that was my go-to for a while because they would give you such a big portion. It was, you know, it was worth it. Like it was good price, good portions, good food. You know, like I'm kind of picky about my orange chicken. Like it was really good. Uh, so that was one of my go-to spots for, for a while. Probably our other favorite spot to grab a snack is in Pandora, actually. I think it's called Pangu Pangu, uh, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. But they got some interesting snacks there. There's like this, um, I think it's called like the Night Blossoms, like slushy type drink with these like little bobas in there. That's really good. Uh, they also have this pastry it's like called like Pangu Limpia. Uh, it's like cream cheese and like pineapple kind of uh, pastry that's really good like those two paired together uh go really well um as far as other snacks you know we do like the the basics uh there's a nice i feel like it's underrated in africa by the by kilimanjaro safari there's a gift shop in there and inside they have like a case where they sell like different like chocolate covered fruits and snacks like that and they're all fresh and made you know right there and you know we'll get like the chocolate covered pineapple or chocolate covered strawberries strawberries from there I feel like it's pretty underrated. Back in the day, too, there used to be a spot uh, where we would get, like, frozen slushies. They had, like, frozen Coke, frozen lemonade. 
And for a while there, I don't know if anyone's going to remember this, but this was around 2008, I believe. Coca-Cola came out with an energy soda called Vault. And for a while, they so they sold frozen vaults um, there as well. And like That was my favorite because I, I was obsessed with that drink for a while. Um, I'm pretty sure it was kind of like Coca-Cola's answer to Mountain Dew because it tasted like Mountain Dew and they said it was like an energy soda. Uh, but a frozen one tasted amazing you know, on those hot days at Animal Kingdom. But other than that, food-wise, I can't uh, I can't be the expert and tell you what to try and not to try because other than, like, Starbucks, you know, I haven't really tried much there. There's a few things on my list that I do want to try. You know, Flame Tree Barbecue, obviously, I want to try the whole menu. Um, there's, like, an ice cream sandwich in, in Dino Land. But other than that, you know, I, we've only just kind of stuck with the basics. But that's all I got on Animal Kingdom. I do think they... I feel like they need some sort of iconic show. You know, they kind of experimented with a few different shows. With it, was it Rivers of Light there for a while? And they tried that disastrous show with, like, the um, the boats, like, pulling, like, the giant inflatable, like, kites and stuff that didn't last long. I, I feel like they need some sort of iconic show at Animal Kingdom. So we'll see what they come up with. But that pretty much sums up my uh, my notes here on Animal Kingdom. Um, maybe eventually I'll do like a deep dive on the history of, you know, Animal Kingdom and, and stay strictly to like the building and kind of get in depth on the development of it, you know, what went into it, you know, the, the Forgotten Land, Beastly Kingdom, like what that could have been, what that would have included. Um, you know, I mentioned the, the one roller coaster, but I'm sure there would have been more. Uh, but as for today, I think that pretty much wraps it up on Earth Day here. You know, 24 years old for Animal Kingdom. That's crazy. And we'll see. We'll see what they do with the expansion and, you know, adding on to it. You know, now that they have Pandora in there, they've kind of, you know, upgraded the whole park. Like, you, people have to go out of their way, you know, to go to Animal Kingdom. And if, you know, honestly, if someone were to come up to me and ask me, you know, in order, you know, what are the best parks to visit? You know, it's obviously, it's Magic Kingdom. But after that, depending on who they are, their age, their interests, do they have kids, how old, you know, you can make an argument that the second next, you know, the second best choice would be Animal Kingdom because of the safari element to it, because of the avatar element, you know, Expedition Everest. You could make an argument, you know, depending on, you know, the person, you know, between Epcot, Animal Kingdom, and Hollywood Studios, that Animal Kingdom is the next best option. Before I end the episode today, I wanted to bring up a little bit uh, it's off topic for sure. Disney released a new video game called Disney Speedstorm. And if you're a fan of Mario Kart, I mean, that's what it reminds me. It reminds me of Mario Kart, but with Disney characters. And I thought that was funny because, honestly, I, I hadn't heard much about it. Um, I don't play as much video games as I used to. Uh, and when I do, it's, you know, I play a little NBA 2K, MLB The Show, and if some of my buddies are online, we'll play a little Call of Duty Warzone. But other than that, I don't really play, you know, that, that much video games anymore. And last week, I posted on Instagram about this old PlayStation video game called Walt Disney World Magical Racing Tour. This is a game I had when I was probably eight or nine years old. And again, it was kind of, you know, basically Mario Kart. But with Disney characters and all the tracks were, you know, places in Disney World. And the most, the, the one I remember the most was Haunted Mansion. And you could like race through Haunted Mansion in the Magic Kingdom. I think there was a uh, Blizzard Beach map. 
one of my all-time favorite games. I literally played that game so much, I think it stopped working. I think the disc just got, like, burned out. Uh, so I posted about that last week, and, and someone commented, you know, about the new game that's coming out. And I actually had to look it up because I hadn't heard about it. And it looks pretty cool. I know people were freaking out because Figment is in it. But it looks pretty cool. And I'm tempted, I will say... I may have to check it out. So if I get that game, maybe I'm gonna have to, you know, dust off the old Twitch stream, maybe play some Twitch. And if any of you guys are gonna be playing this game as well, I'm sure there's some sort of online mode or, you know, ranked mode or something we can play online together. So uh, if anyone's played the game, pre-ordered it, or, you know, excited about it, uh, hit me up on Instagram, send me a message on there. And for everyone else listening, uh, you know, if you haven't already, follow me on Instagram, send me a message, tell me if you like the show, if you don't like the show, if you have topic ideas, list ideas, anything like that, it's much appreciated. And if you can, too, uh, leave me a rating and a review wherever you're uh, listening to this podcast. And if you write me a review, I'll give you a shout out on the very next episode. That's all I got, guys. Um, again, go out of your way, look up some retro Animal Kingdom stuff on YouTube. Uh, I'm going to repost the the Animal Kingdom promo commercial on my Instagram. It's just fun to look back and see, you know, when this first opened. And it's just different for me because this is the one park, you know, that I got to experience the grand opening and, you know, its existence, you know, as a kid. So that's all I got. Thanks for listening. I hope I was able to provide you with a little bit of Disney magic wherever you're at. And until next time, always remember, it all started with a mouse. (laughs) 